Nutmeg Radio. Welcome back to Nutmeg Radio. We're back in our normal kind of setup. Um, season three, we kind of threw episode one of season three out there, um, which was a real vibe, actually. We've had some really good feedback on it. So if you haven't been there, go and have a listen. Uh, but today we wanted to come to you because... Both Lauren and I have been doing the Pachakama cleanse, which is an Ayurvedic cleanse um, that we'll get into. Uh, that I've done quite a lot of, t- like probably this was probably the sixth time I think that I've done it. But it was the first time that Lauren did it, despite me having been on her case profusely about it for <laughs> a couple of years at this point. There has been a lot of interesting things go down and whenever I post anything about cleansing on my Instagram or whatever there's always a lot of interest and people are always quite intrigued so this chat is all about what it is to essentially do a cleanse and to do it effectively so do you want to give like a little a little snippet maybe do you want to give the rundown on like what it entails yeah, okay. So we have done a 15-day version of this punch karma cleanse, as you said. So phase one, which is they're all split into equal parts. So five days of clean eating, um, no caffeine, no sugar, no processed food, no wheat, no meat, no dairy, nothing like that. Very clean, earthly, yummy, fresh foods. Um, and then from there you go into five, we've gone into five days of having a morning slurp of melted ghee and followed by three meals a day of a dish called kachari, which is made up of lentils, white rice and Indian spices. Um, and then the phase out, the integration phase is the same as phase one, which is all just fresh fruits and vegetables um, and nothing processed, as I'd mentioned previously. And that's the current phase that we're both in right now. So yeah, as you said, it has been a long time coming for me and yeah, it's been a real roller coaster. I It's every day has been completely different and I think pairing this with Kundalini practices has been, I mean, I don't know because I haven't done this before, so I haven't been able to like compare this to previous versions, but I know from our previous conversations that we've had that it's quite profound being able to do like deep subconscious work internally, mentally with meditation work and shadow work and mirror work and all of that and then also moving your body physically to help really clear things out of like the tissue layers the fibers of your skin the muscles um yeah sweating like moving the toxins through the system instead of maybe just being a bit of a oh I'm doing a cleanse I'm not going to do anything else kind of way of doing things which I can imagine I probably would have made that excuse previous you know had I not been in this quite solid practice phase of kundalini 
So yeah, it's been a real roller coaster, but I think I'm on day two, which is day 12 altogether. So day two of the integration phase, the third, the third stage. And today is the first day that I'm like, wow, like I am really like seeing, feeling and just, yeah, embodying what this is all about. Like it's been very very tumultuous um and I was kind of like I hope this is going to be worth it and I knew deep down that it would be but now I'm like actually in the space of feeling it I'm like fuck yeah and it's almost annoying how good I feel now because I'm like oh my god I'm gonna have to like go back into like real life and you know that consists of eating things like sourdough and having the odd croissant and, you know, all these, all these yummy things that make life really, really quite pleasurable are going to creep back in. And I know that my body is going to be like, why are you doing this to us again? Stop it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that does kind of happen, but for having done this now, like I said, about six times to give a little bit more context as well. Um, the Pajakama cleanse is really designed. Um, if you haven't listened to our um, episode on Ayurveda, I highly recommend listening to that because it'll give you a little bit more context about like doshas and you know the different um how the different doshas work and all of that sort of stuff. But essentially, what you're doing here is especially with the Kachari phase, which is the hardest, like undoubtedly the hardest phase when you're eating that three times a day. Even if you've got the nicest Kachari in the world, it's a fucking struggle like there's just no if buts or maybes about it but essentially it's a dish that's very balancing so you it's balancing for all the doshas so you like I'm somebody that's very prone to a vata imbalance like I go very airy and so it really pulls that back in and with that comes like everything else it's like all of the mental things that come with that all of the emotional things and it's also I mean a cleanse that really works on getting your digestive fire sparked and up and running like the first phase is really designed like it's in three phases because the first phase is really designed to uh clear your digestive tract like to get things moving so you're not necessarily it's not just like fresh fruit and vegetables like you want to be eating things that are like easy for you to be digesting so they don't recommend like having things like um you know chickpeas or beans and things like that that are a little bit harder on the digestive system it's like the the point of that first phase is really like getting things cleared out so that once you come in with the kachari and the ghee the ghee like plays a major part in it as you can probably feel as well um can really come in and it's very healing like i have felt it I, don't, I mean whether there's studies out there or what like I have felt how healing it is on your digestive system to do this um but to kind of that's a little bit more context and then obviously the third phase is like you're just reintroducing things um so that your digestive system can get used to eating like other foods again um but I think it isn't necessarily something to uh, to worry about to like going back into the normal world i i remember feeling the same way when i first did it but this cleanse isn't 
I, when you do it properly and the way in which you were speaking about where you're like going into the shadows, you're noticing the mental patterns that are coming up, you're noticing the emotional patterns that are coming up, you're doing something about those, it's cumulative. Like I've really, really seen how this cleanse is cumulative. It doesn't necessarily get easier as time goes on. I would argue that it in some ways, depending on where you're at in your life, can be harder. Like I thought that, you know, as time went on, as I've done this more and more times, it would get easier. But almost the opposite has been true. I would say that this has been the hardest one for me because I've had so much stuff come up through it. And it's been the shortest one. Normally I do 21 days, so seven days in each. So it's been the shortest one that I've done and probably the most intense. And I think it's really, uh, you come out of it and you do start to have a different attitude towards food. So it's like, yeah, you can go and have the croissant, but it's like, we're just not going overboard with it. Like you can have the croissant, you can really enjoy it, but you don't have to like then push the boat out and be like, fuck it, I had a croissant, I'm going to go have a packet of chips now, you know? So it's like finding that balance again, where it's like, of course, you're going to go about your normal life and like eat things that you really enjoy um but you start to like really repattern your relationship with food having said that it comes from doing it doesn't you can't just like muscle your way through the cleanse because that was kind of the what I did the first time that I did this it was like I just muscled my way through with pure willpower and I have a strong willpower, so I was able to do it, and I just kind of did it, got to the end of it, and I got blind drunk. The first day I came out of it, I was like so hammered, like blackout for a few hours, and then went on to have like a weekend of like binge drinking, which really isn't the integration that is needed for something like this but also kind of was very telling now that I look back on the fact that I was just using pure willpower to like get through these days of not eating these certain things and very much making it about the food. And as time has gone on and I've done it more and more, I've really seen how it's a full system thing. You can't go into it thinking that it's just about the food. You have to go into it with like, okay, I need to allow myself a little bit more space here because I need to allow for things to come up. And my God, things have come up for me. Major things have come up. Like to the point where, I mean, you know, Loz, you even said this the other day, you're like, this week is going to go down in history for me about you. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's been a week and it is like, it makes you realize how much, even when, you know, like I've been very, I guess you could say good with food for a a couple of years now, really like, you know, I eat really intuitively most of the time. Um, I don't have like a weight issue. I'm not like yo-yoing with my weight or anything like that anymore. Um, I feel for the most part, I very much honor my body. However, like even still, I still had like all of these hooks into food um, and using that as like a source of comfort or distraction um, when there were things that maybe I didn't really want to be going into. 
Definitely. I mean, we use food as a blanketing tool and I've been the same. Like I really noticed how much I would procrastinate and I would eat. Like if I had something that I needed to do, I would be in the fridge. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm just going to like have a slice of cheese or maybe I'll have a little bit of toast or something like that. I did not need it. And I didn't used to be as bad as what I was recently. It's funny. I find it's a, it's very, is it circular? So what? Cyclical. Cyclical. <laughs> Cyclical. It's a very cyclical nature with the food thing for me because I think it ties into also like when I'm coming on my moon cycle and kind of what I would be craving and like all of this kind of stuff. And I really did notice how I tied in a lot of like business stuff, a lot of stuff that I really needed to do to push myself forward. It would still be like, it would still be me doing the thing, but it would almost be, I would have a reward for doing it. So I would either have a little reward before I did it, or I would have a little snackety snack reward on the way out of doing that. Or another thing that I used to do quite a bit would be, it would get to that kind of witching hour of the evening and it would be like 9.30 and it'd be like, okay, I'm winding down now. Like Ayurvedically speaking, there's no need to be eating. Once the sun has gone down, that is it. Your digestive fire is going to bed. So do not be putting coal in there at this point. Like, no, no, no. But I would find myself looking at the clock and it'd be like, maybe I'll just have a little snack. And then if I have a little snack, well, I have to stay up a little bit because I don't want to go to bed on like a full stomach. So it'd be this kind of weird sabotaging situation, which I then would stay up really late and then I wouldn't wake up early. And then it was just like this kind of cat, 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 oh, wow, I'm really struggling with my words today. Yeah. Um, It would be this cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. What the hell? Okay, well, that's (laughs) that's another thing that I really noticed this week was how kind of the brain fog came in. Like I found it really difficult to use my brain on a lot of spaces this in the Kachari phase. And I'm obviously still battling that a little bit today. I need to work on some my, my Mercury. I need to really pull that in. Anyway, I'm going to sit here with a little merger and try and get that coming back in. But, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see where the hooks with food really are. And as you say, it's like we're actually very healthy beings. Like we don't – you wouldn't catch us in a fast food line or – you know, going over the top and yeah, eating like 12 pastries or a block of chocolate or going and getting lollies or a big milkshake or things like that. You know, we're very aligned in that space. But I think almost because we have that mindset that we are aligned, healthy eaters, it kind of almost is more fascinating to see where the more subtle hooks lie and where yeah, just the little things that you would creep up would creep up on you and you wouldn't even clock it. It would be like, oh, I'm gonna make myself like a coconut milk cacao maca drink as my dessert. And it's like I don't really need that. I'm not actually hungry, but I just wanted to enjoy something. And when you especially when you're in that kachari phase and you have to eat the same meal over and over and over again, the pleasure disappears from it. It becomes a chore. And I've never understood those people who are like, I just eat to survive. I've never understood that. I'm like, how? Like I kind of wish that I had that because then I wouldn't be so I guess obsessed because I am a bit obsessed with food. I would spend 
solid money on decent food. Like to me, that is, I would way rather spend money on like proper organic fruits and vegetables and have a little less money to spend in other places or treat myself to a really nice croissant every now and again or something like that. But I think when you are in a space of having the same thing over and over again and the pleasure is completely eradicated, that yeah it's like I'm now eating to survive and I'm not even enjoying it so my days felt really lackluster and that was really interesting to see how much emphasis on happiness is tied up with what you eat when you eat how you eat who you eat with like all of it and like don't get me wrong there is so much beauty in that and I don't want to not have that in my life because I really enjoy that but yeah it's just creating that balance and honoring your body on a deeper level I think is something that I've really learned from coming through this procession in the last 12 days you know yeah it is yeah the eating it does become a chore and like I said to you before going into it because you're somebody who likes to kind of fast until later in the afternoon and I was like you cannot do that on this face because your calories will just dip and it will make the process so much harder you will lose a lot of weight but the process will just be like so much more grueling and so much harder to come back from and it's kind of this thing of like oh gotta have another bowl of kachari oh my god oh and you just look at it when it's in front of you and you'd eat it and you're like it's fine like there's nothing wrong with it but it, it just the whole thing, like it's such a mental game. And um, it was kind of interesting for me this time coming into it because previously, like I, I've always just done it intuitively. Like I'll just randomly one day get a hit. Like you had mentioned it a, a week or so before. You're like, I, I kind of want to do this. And I wasn't ready. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not quite ready yet. Um, I was like, I'll know when I'm ready. And then all of a sudden it just hit. It was like, you need to do it. You need to do it now. And so whenever I get there, I start it immediately. And I really recommend people do that because it's like, you're really, in, you're honoring your intuition in that space and your body's ready. You're like, you're in like the slipstream of it. So it's kind of like, not the sort of thing. I think it's a good thing to kind of get in your mind and be like, okay, I want to do this at a certain point. The best times, like it's the first time I've done it over the summer as well, which has been a whole other thing. But the best times to do it are usually the change of season. So kind of like autumn or fall, depending on where in the world you are, or and spring. So you're kind of like refreshing things after, you know, a winter or a summer. Um, and previously, like I've done it where part of it has been me like wanting to kind of shred a little bit, like wanting to lose a little bit of weight, even though for the most part over the last couple of years, like I haven't necessarily had like a heap of weight to move, but it's been part of it. And it's interesting to watch how no matter how much you try and like declaw from the societal beauty standards, it lingers. It's a like, it's a process And this was the first time that I did it, that I was very conscious about not wanting to lose any weight. Like I was very much like, I don't actually want to come into this and be losing weight. So in the first phase, I was very focused on actually eating enough so that I knew, because I knew that in the Kachari phase um, is when things start to really like drop off. I wanted to like, yeah, be in a good place and not be doing 
kind of the weight loss thing. And I think even that mindset, like going into it with that, really helped to like deepen things for me because I was doing it for the health of my body, not the look of my body. And subsequently, like, you know, a lot of fluid retention has come off as it always does, like as it's going to and all of that sort of stuff. It's always going to happen when you do something like this. But I think it's a wise move to not go into it with your sole intention being wanting to lose weight. Because again, I think you're missing the point. And even if it like it can be one of your intentions a hundred percent because there are stages in our lives where yeah we gain a bit of weight and it's like "Mm, things aren't feeling good in my body like at this weight so I kind of want to lose a little bit so it can be part of it but I just yeah I would never say go into something like this with that intention and I think that's where almost the whole like cleanse detox thing over the last couple of decades has almost got quite a bad reputation because if you think about like do you remember the lemon detox diet how could you forget that (laughs) that fuckery oh my god like people having the salt water cleanse in the morning so you're literally like flushing out your system and then you're just drinking this disgusting syrupy lemon thing all day (laughs) no calories like you're literally starving yourself and for some people like water cleanses and stuff really work I haven't quite got to that yet like I'm someone I feel that requires quite a lot of fuel um and yeah maybe at some point I'm not saying never maybe at some point that will work for me but at this point in my life it's just not a go but even stuff like juice cleanses and stuff like people have always done them to lose weight and so it's like you kind of yeah you drop a bit of like superficial weight at the end of the day but then you kind of just slip straight back into your old patterns and if anything they're almost amplified because you uh, have like deprived yourself from them so there's almost like this little part of you that almost like wants to make up for and you probably noticed that coming out of the Kachari phase onto the third phase. Like this part of you that's like, I need to make up for the, like the loss of pleasure that I've suffered over the last seven days. And so I'm going to go like ham on whatever. And so that's, I think where the, yeah, the detox kind of cleanse culture has really, again, kind of been at the detriment for people because it's, given the wrong message and it's not hammering home the importance of like you've got to go deep if you're doing something like this there's no real point in doing it unless you're going deep with it unless you're going into the things that are coming up for you and there are going to be things that come up for you so don't just try and yeah muscle your way through you've got to you got to go into those shadows you got to go into the shadows hundred percent because I think the thing is is that if you come at it from that kind of vanity route route you end up feeding the ego you're like starving the ego and then you're feeding it and it's just like completely the wrong way to approach it I agree like I didn't come into this with that as my primary motive at all like mine was around 
just healing my body on a deeper level and actually feeling grounded in my system because yeah like throughout the course of December we were so vata like there was a lot of meditation stuff that was going on there was a lot of like energetic collectively that we were like dealing with and transmuting and alchemizing and we were super vata and it needed to be like that for that period of time like I fully believe that but I think also like coming out of my yoga teacher training last year and then I became so sick I got strep throat and I pulled I threw my shoulder out and then I was having major sciatic problems in my hip on my right side and it was just like all of this physical stuff that I've been trudging through since this all went down in late October it was just like enough was enough. And I was even having issues with my sinuses. Like I, what I've noticed is that because my kind of pelvic hip region hasn't been in alignment, the, I love the whole as above, so below. So I believe that your pelvic hip region is mirrored in your facial like cavity space where your sinuses sit. And if you looked at a skeletal structure of yourself, you would actually be able to see the resemblance between the two. So because of that, as the years have gone on and the more kind of out of alignment my body is and how much I'm wanting to call that back in, my sinuses have just been giving me total fucking grief for a very long time. And yeah, it just got to a point where I was having to like hoik a lot and that's so grim like I do not want to be that hoiking kind of person but I would have to like throughout my meditations almost have a little spit cut because Ugh. I would end up having, yeah I would have so, gross. so gross I know but like that's where I was yes. at and you know when you have too much mucus in your body your whole system is out of alignment there's either a kapha imbalance or there's just like too much acidity and if you have that situation going on this is like a breeding ground for bacteria viruses like you know inflammation cancer like all of this this is exactly the kind of environment that the kind of the bad bugs and virus bacteria they thrive on that and again, it comes back to me like being relatively healthy, not drinking alcohol and coming up to a year of being sober and doing my kundalini constantly. So I'm sweating and I'm moving and I'm doing all of these things and I haven't been healthier than I've ever, like this is the healthiest that I've ever been, but I've constantly been in pain and suffering and all of that. So it's crazy what I've noticed literally today. I've woken up this morning and this deep rooted pain that I've had in my sciatic nerve down in my right hip, right up tucked in my groin is pretty much gone. Like it is so wild that it's taken this, um, this cleanse for my body and my inflammation to just go, thank fuck. And I've just, yeah, dried myself up. My whole doshas have fully come back into balance the point that it's exciting like my tongue scraping in the morning is a, a couple of scrapes and I'm good whereas before I was like going at it constantly like and I was like oh this is disgusting there's so much like armor in my system this is not the vibe like what is going on here like no matter what I'm doing it's not working out and then yeah my sinuses I noticed I was having some block lymphatics because I'm so sensitive now from not drinking I can really feel where my blocks are and because of that, you know, I can work with my energetics, my meditation to like really channel the energy on my like um, my 
ethereal bodies, you know, to actually like go in there and do that. But I really needed to get onto, get into the groundwork of it and like physically do the thing. So yeah, today I'm like, fuck, thank God. Like my hip pain has gone. Like my sinuses are completely cleared. Touch wood. This is like the beginning of like the start of the rest of my life in this department. My shoulder is like coming right back online. Like all of these things that have really been getting me down. And another thing that I noticed, which is like fucking creepy and gross, is like whenever I would have this mucus release, whether it is like coming out of my throat or coming out of my nose, the emotions that come with that is fucking wild. Like I will have a clear a clearing mentally. I will think of something that is like been causing me shit in my subconscious mind without knowing it. I will like shine a light on it. I will see it. I will feel it. I will get in there and I will pull that weed out. And as soon as I do that, a fucking chunk of phlegm will come shooting out of my facial cavities in some way. And it is so creepy, but it is so fucking... So fucking satisfying at the same time yeah. because it just goes to show how your body holds your emotions and the things like the mucus, which is when you have that, like mucus is good to a certain point, but you don't want it out of balance. And when it's out of balance, it feeds on the negativity, the dark matter, the density, like all of that subconscious space that is the fuckery of yourself, like festers in there. It's like a little Petri dish where it can start spreading and growing more. And the more anger and aggression and negative stuff you have in there feeds feeds it. So yeah, it has been so dreamy today to be able to do my stretches and be more flexible than I've ever been, not have to have a little spit cup. <laughs> Sorry, but it's just... <laughs> been a real grim situation and to be able to do a lot of my pranayam breath work and have the ability to not sit there and have to like pull my face open to get the oxygen through my nasal cavities it is oh it's so worth it now I get it like all of that shit I'm like all right like I the other day I was like I don't think I can ever do this again and now I'm like I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to it, but it's okay. Like I know that it's going to be fully worth it the next time that this comes in, you know? Yeah. And it's, I think, I mean, I haven't had a baby, but I would relate it to how people say about that. Like you kind of forget how bad it gets Yeah, (laughs) and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling really good about this. And then you'll be into it. And every time it's really different. And I will kind of want to like elaborate on what you were just saying there with, you know, being able to kind of go into with your energetic ethereal body and go into these different parts of yourself and your subconscious. And I just want to say that everyone has the capacity to be able to do that. Like I even just, like I do the same thing as well. Like I've just had through this, probably for the last, I would say three months, I've had a really, really tight right shoulder. And I've known that it's been related to something masculine some masculine imbalance because it was on the right side of my body. But no matter kind of what I was doing, I was kind of like, I'm just not really getting in there. I'm not really like getting to the root of this. And I would like pick away at bits of it. Like I would be showing like elements of it. And for me, um, I wasn't, it wasn't until literally just this last week that everything kind of came balling to the surface that I've cleared it. It's gone. Like the the shoulder is now 
all good. And I'm like, wow, this is like the first time in quite a while that I've had balance even within my two shoulders. There isn't like this right shoulder that's almost like pulling me forward. And it's like noticing this really interesting shift in my energy of like coming back into a much more feminine, like naturally feminine space because there's not this like masculine aggression going on. And you start to kind of get this really deep understanding of your own body. And I think that's why I'm so like passionate about what I do because we're not taught this stuff. We're not taught that we have the power to actually heal ourselves. And I'm not saying that like there's there's all sorts of different things and there's always going to be like the room for like help with things. Like I did the story about this the other day where it's like there's always going to be room for like doctors. There's always going to be in the Western medical model. There's always going to be room for that. Of course, like I'm so grateful for that because if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't even be alive because my birth was like very traumatic for my mother, you know? Um, and all of the other things, but like basically I've always had like a deep respect for the Western medical model because literally if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here and nor would my mom. Um, so, and there's always going to be a place for like, yeah, tapping into like other people and like having an outside perspective on things. But ultimately I think for me, like this whole journey has really been about coming back into power. And for me, that means like, you have full autonomy over your body. And it doesn't just mean like, you know, you're not sleeping with random people or you're not letting random people touch you. Like it's, you're conducting your body from a conscious place and you're not just letting your subconscious, which makes up, I've said this once, I'll say it again, (laughs) makes up 95% of you and your being. Like your conscious mind is only 5%. So you're like, what you're consciously thinking is it's just a little facade at the end of the day because you can't really battle the con- the uh, subconscious mind with the conscious mind. You have to be working with the subconscious and that's in the body. That's where it is. Like, yes, you can access it with meditation. However, if you don't really start to get into the depths of your subconscious until you start working with the body and having that autonomy over the body. And I think what makes people disconnects people from that is I mean, A, we're not taught that. And especially in the Western world, we don't have a means of like embodiment. You know, we don't, different cultures of like, they have dance and they have all of these different things where they're like getting into their bodies and they shake and they do all of these different things. We don't have that here. Like it's not a normal thing for us to do. It's like everything's just very mental. And in terms of like, you know, thoughts, we think about things. It's very like conscious based. And also there's a big fear about going into the body. Like people are subconsciously scared of their own bodies. Like I've had this, and I have continually have this kind of come up in my own process of doing trauma work, of doing shadow work where I'm like, oh, like I think I, you know, like I have a deep level of embodiment now, but I am at a point where I am fully aware that it's going to continue getting deeper. Like what I know now is 
nothing to what I'm going to know from from a year from now. And it's going to be like a whole other sphere in 10 years from now. It's going to be very interesting. It just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's always a level of like fear that comes up with going to a new level with like unpeeling a new like onion layer and getting into the shadows because they feel really scary in the body sometimes. Like there's no doubt about it. And if you're, especially when you can't see them, when they're unconscious and you're kind of like, oh, what is that? It takes, it takes a certain level of, I think, bravery and also trust and knowing that you have the power here to be able to actually go in and like crack that code. Preach for real and the other thing that I wanted to like elaborate on what you were saying is like I really see the subconscious mind like the void of space you know it's again it's as above so below it's like the we have no idea the depths of space which is the same as the subconscious it's okay it's another mirror image pattern as far as I'm concerned and what I found like super fascinating for me throughout my meditations this week was because so much of my energy was not being expelled on digesting my food, I was able to, as you say, like go deeper into these like subconscious patterns. And at one point I came like face to face with my inner child and she was so angry at me for not feeding her all the things that she likes to eat. And I was like, whoa, I was like, holy shit. It's not even me who wants the food. It is her that wants the food. And it comes from like this programming of, I mean, it's generational, like, you know, lifetimes of programming in this department. But I have noticed this in my nieces and I've really been able to like see the patterns there of how like when I was a little baby and I mean, I don't know. I'm not a mother. So I, again, cannot comment from this perspective, but just from being a witness to it, it's like being upset, being angry, being all of that. It's like food, eat, 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 food, food, food. So you have this whole like programming around like food is the comfort, food is safety, food is food is like, you know, that blanket for you. And I think because when I met my inner child self and she was so angry at me for not feeding her all these like little yummy things that we've been snacking on, even just having fruit for breakfast, like, you know, enjoying like a nice nectarine in the morning, something like that was like, the anger was like insane. And then it was almost like, as you say, taking the autonomy back and being like, no, I'm in charge here. Like, what is it that you want? What, where is it that you're feeling neglected? And like, what is the problem here? And then kind of, I ended up giving her this massive hug. Like I was her mother. It was really interesting. And I was like, yeah, giving her this big hug. And then I saw the garden that she was lying in. And I just pulled out all of these weeds and I didn't need to know what they were. There kind of wasn't time for that. It was like, I was kind of in there. It was this kind of like, you were, we're, I was in a meditation. So you just have to roll with it. And I was pulling out all of these weeds and these kind of thorns and all of this shit. And she was kicking up a fuss because she's been in this garden for so long. And that's the weeds that she's become friends with. And these are like, this is what it is. And it was like, no, hold on a minute. I'm going to clear all this shit out. And then we're going to have space for some real good new stuff to come in. Just trust me on it. And then I did that. And then next minute there was like, all the little fairies came in. There were butterflies, there were flowers. It was like 
fruit and vegetables popping up everywhere. And then my little inner child self was like beaming with radiance and happiness. And I'm a very visual person. Like when I go into my meditations quite often, I I see things. So yeah, that for me was really, really profound. And I came out of that at the time and I was like, huh, that was funky. It was almost like a psychedelic experience, but I was on no drugs. I was getting like, what was it you said the other day? Half my own supply. It was like, (laughs) fully that situation and it was like wow I would not have been able to do that had I been constantly feeding her what she was wanting and what I've also found really fascinating was coming out of this Kachari phase and getting to the fifth day and being at peace with it and I think probably because it was the last day so I was like okay we can do this like it's all good like I'm breaking it tomorrow I went and bought I made like the most gourmet fruit salad I think I've ever made in my life it is like being the best fruit salad you could ever think of because I love fresh fruit I love it and anyway so I like woke up yesterday I was all excited I get to like have my fruit today da, da, da. and then did my practice and so much anger and aggression came up in that like my liver was punching through some major detoxing I was sweating I'm like molting a lot at the moment just the hair coming off of my head was making me so irate like I was fuming I could feel like little strands of hair on my on my legs and I was like fuck like it was just driving me crazy and then I came out there and I was like, mm, okay, now I'm going to eat my fruit salad and it's going to be like this orgasmic experience and la la la. And I ate the fruit and it was really fucking good. But I think I'd put this expectation back there again. Like there I was again, putting expectation back on eating that it was going to like be this profoundly orgasmic experience. And it was really good, don't get me wrong, but I definitely had conjured it up further in my mind. So it's been another interesting little dance that I've had to do to like get back in there and just kind of tidy some stuff up now that I'm in this, yeah, the the post phase, integration phase. And I am noticing that it's like, oh God, I just want to eat some sourdough. And it's like all of that kind of stuff. So I'm really glad that that you don't just come out of that and then go right back into where you were before because I'm really feeling the power of the discipline of like smoothing things out and like actually getting more like what is it I think it's like having a bit more of a practice around how you eat what you eat when you eat and why you eat so yeah this has been a very life-changing thing for me I think but it's not like I'm gonna need to do this again to really like cement that and I can feel it yeah you're gonna probably gonna need to do it twice a year Loz I'm just saying I know that <laughs> I know you don't want to hear that but like it's, I'm into it's it, kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, once you start doing it, you realize the benefit of it. And it's not from an addictive, like, oh, I got to keep doing this, like chasing that high kind of a thing. It's, you just, again, it's an intuitive thing. And every time is different. Like the next time you do it, it's going to be very different to this time, you know? Um, but it's, yeah, it's a practice. Like everything is a practice. Like that's becoming so clear to me. Like everything that you do in your life should be a practice. And what I mean by that, it's like, you do everything with intention. And again, it's coming from like, you can't do that when your subconscious is running the show because essentially you're just going to be playing out your patterns 
again and again in different ways in all of the different areas in your life and it's not until you start to yeah like dig deep and shift things on that level that everything in your life does become intentional and that's where you have so much capacity like I even had this um a client she's a friend and a client um she's kind of been going through a lot recently and she's just started to like really like tap into that level of like you can go really deep and you can clear whatever the hell it is that you want to clear and you can change any pattern like she's really like just had that like snippet um of exciting (laughs) yeah of the magic and it's so exciting because I'm like it's here like I talk about magic all the time and I think that doing something like this actually gives you more of a perspective of what magic is because you're taking it away from like the 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 physical senses you're not having like the food of like oh this is so exciting so your life slows down a lot like as you said the brain fog like I at the beginning of the week I mean my the kachari phase started for me as my period started and then this big wound of I I wouldn't say it's an abandonment wound, but it's more of like this deep, deep feeling of being unwanted came burning to the surface. And like, I've been doing this work for years. Like you would have thought like, and I've, I've touched on it. I've like seen it and been like, okay, cool. Thought that I've done the work around it, but it was like taking it to a whole other level. And I just had to have like a day of surrendering. I think it was about two days, three even where I was like crying a lot during the day because it's like tears again are like a part of like cleansing and processing. And I was fortunate enough to like have the space and I um, postponed the start of my, um, of high voltage, my group program, just because I was like, I need some space here um, to like move through this stuff. And it is like, it's the inner child coming out and being like, well, you're not doing what I'm normally expecting you to do. So I'm going to show you why I'm in so much pain right now. And so it can actually feel sometimes like you're back there, like you're in that same place. But I think people get stuck there because they don't necessarily know how to like move through the things, which is again, why like, you know, Loz has now she's a Kundalini teacher um yoga teacher and so I've got her in on high voltage because it's like a combination of shadow work and kundalini which is like yeah a physical technology which helps you to access your body on a deeper level if you know how to use it properly which I wasn't I realized like I wasn't using it properly when I first started doing it I was just doing the again just doing the physical things and because I've always been physically very like fit and like I don't want to say athletic because I feel like people would be like, you're not athletic, but um, I have always, yeah, I'm not sporty, but I have like a certain level of like athleticism. Like I've always like had fitness. Like I've always been able to like run marathons and do stuff like that. So I was always like mentally pushing, willpowering my way through it. And again, like, 
people think, oh, it must be really good to have a strong willpower. And I've seen this in like, I can see it in charts. I've spoken about this before. I can see it in a human design chart. Most people don't have a defined will, but I do. And it's almost like seeing the shadow of that, seeing how like that, it was just like, yeah, I would go into these really, really tough Kundalini things and be doing the physical side of it, but not really tapping into the actual technology of it, which is what like the shadow work has really allowed me to be able to do because it allows you to go deeper into yourself because you're integrating parts of yourself and all of a sudden it's no longer scary to go there. Like you've become quite fearless and like fear is always there. Like fear is always going to be part of your day. But it's like you become fearless with yourself and it's like you become, you see the fear and you're willing to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm I'm going towards you. Like you almost get excited about it. And that's, I think, the real like, oh, the juice. Like that's where you kind of crack into like this new way of being where you realize that there are no limits the only limits and I've like heard so many people say this like in the personal development space and being like kind of eye-rolly about it because it's like so cliche but the cliches for a reason is what I'm really starting to see so it's like my little (laughs) ego has to take a little back seat you know but it's like there are no limits the only limit is yourself and once you start to like figure out your own system and your own biology essentially and how your subconscious is working and you have this like fearlessness to go into absolutely fucking anything it you literally start seeing there is no limit you can do absolute you can do you can have you can be absolutely anything you want in life 100 percent it's like the non-outsourcing you know and it's yeah I really enjoyed what you said before about um kind of like your ego taking the back step I think it's all I kind of had this vision as you were saying that it's like you're driving in this car and you're like inner child or your subconscious mind is the actual one driving and you're the one in the passenger seat and what you actually need to do is to get into the passenger seat and merge with that part of you that's driving it. It's not putting that into the back seat. It's not moving that into the passenger seat. It's actually merging so that you are like one to be able to drive. And the other thing that I noticed a lot was slowing down. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing we've spoken about, this is like actually like a plant medicine ceremony. It's Mm -hmm. like an extended plant medicine ceremony because it really, I noticed, called me into slowing down. I was slowing down in my business for the week, which was fascinating to almost see how that was ricocheted back to me. It was like my clients took a lot more time to come back to me. Like my team, they were they were doing their own, like they were on it, but they didn't need me as much. It was almost like I was putting out this vibration of like, let me just slow down this week and just kind of do what I got to do and not put all this pressure on myself. And I mean, even like I noticed it even actually like how I was eating, you know, usually I would like have my bowl of food and I'm like shoveling it in because it tastes so damn good. And the pleasure is all over my taste buds. And it's like fueling this, 
you know, the parts of my brain that are getting the pleasure state from eating. But it's like when you're eating kachari for like the 12th time in a row, you're eating so much slower because you're not in that rush. And I really noticed that. And I was like, wow, I just, again, have been in this kind of masculine wheel of like spinning in the spiral of life that we're all here, we're all operating on. There are spirals rolling every which way that you look, but it's actually taking the control. I think that there is so much power in two things. One is listening over speaking. That is like something major. And then the other one is slowing down in a high-paced environment. And I think once you can tap in to those little nuggets, which allows you the space and the breadth to like go into those little corners and nooks and crannies of parts of you that are like, don't come in here. And you become this kind of fearless warrior, warrioress. It's, oh, it's fucking awesome. And another thing that I just wanted to pinpoint was, um, which I learned is the subconscious mind is actually housed where your diaphragm is. It's in the middle of like, cause I kind of had assimilated the subconscious mind as literally being like a part of your brain. Like I thought it was part of your brain. I mean, it is obviously a part of your brain, but physically in your system, it's actually located like where your diaphragm is and in that mid section of your body between your heart chakra. And I guess your uh, solar plexus chakra, But what I find really fascinating with that is like, if you look at the way that we even breathe, we, people breathe in a very shallow, quick succession. It's, you have to train yourself. I really had to train myself to open up my diaphragm. Like I had a complete, I actually fainted when I opened up my diaphragm properly. I mean, you were here. Mm -hmm. Like I opened up my diaphragm to such an expansive place that I ended up passing out because my body wasn't used to actually holding so much oxygen. And I'm really able to witness that when my diaphragm area becomes a bit contracted and I can't breathe deeply and I'm doing my kundalini practices and there's a little bit of resistance there and then I know that I'm about to get into something and things are really gonna start bubbling up because my subconscious mind is contracting it's trying to shut me out it's trying to close me down and it's again it's having to get into your body to be like intentional about like why you're doing what you're doing and getting into those places and being like, I'm actually in charge here, but I'm here to support. It's not like you sit back down, stop talking. This is my body, my thing. It's not that. It's like, it's like I'm in charge here, but I'm here to help you. And like, this is a safe space. So like, come at me and like, let it all out. And I do say this to myself quite a bit. I'm like, what are you wanting to show me? Like, what is it that you need like, what is it that you need right now? And then it might not come straight away, but it might come later on in a later meditation. You will then get the answer. You can't, again, expect things to be in quick succession or that things are just going to happen now, 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 now. Mm. It's like having the breadth, the space, the time, the compassion, the like, yeah, the patience to allow things to arrive and land when they're meant to. Because we're not fully in control. We are in control, but we're we're in control of how in the flow we are, really. Yeah, well said. And it comes back to like, you know, choosing, you know, 
you kind of have to you dance between the two obviously but it's like when you choose the feminine path it's the magic path like i speak about this a lot it's like the feminine is the magic and it's like there is thou knowing there you can't control it and if you come into it thinking that you you're gonna control it oh you're gonna have some lessons come your way you know like it's it's interesting because it's like if you want to embody this if you want to like come into this space you kind of have to, you can't toe dip with it. I've really noticed that. And I've, I was actually thinking about that this morning with, I'm like thinking about people who I know who are like toe dippers. And I'm like, yeah, they definitely do like all good, you know, like there's definitely a flow that's happening there for them. But there's still, when you're half in, half out, there's like, there's still like this, um, hesitation or like you're not fully in trust you're not fully surrendered you're not fully in like the flow of it and it's like when you say like being in the flow of things it's really easier said than done and it's not some somewhere where you stay all the time like your body is like an organism it's an instrument and it needs continual work you can't just like do something once and think that oh it's done now I can just move on. It's yeah. something that like you've got to like come in. That's why I'm such a big fan of like something being your daily practice, something that you come back to every single day. It's the same thing. Some days it's going to be easier than others. Some days it's going to be great. Some days you're going to hate it. Some some days you're going to have so much resistance to doing it and it's going to be epic on the other side sometimes you're going to have so much resistance to doing it and it's just, you're going to feel shit on the other side regardless like it doesn't matter it's like having this like anchor that you anchor back into the flow you anchor back into yourself and you see okay what's what is it like I want to be in this black place of like surrendering and allowing my life to like move as it's supposed to what's inhibiting that flow and that's I think what a practice enables you to do and like you say the cleanse was a practice it was a medicine journey it was something it was a sadhana it was something that you're like going into and it's like this process of like you're showing up for it every single day and you're allowing it to show you what needs to come back into balance so that you can be reconnected to source so that you can be reconnected to like god and i'm not saying that in a religious sense i'm saying that of like we don't really have control like we're just kind of individuated beings like who have like divine purposes but we have to allow that energy to come through us it's not us and i think there's a beauty in surrendering to that too mm-hmm. even if it's really 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 gnarly for the ego yeah love that it's like killing the sabotage and swelling in the surrender yeah yeah and uh, you know like people talk about just surrender and you're just it's oh like (laughs) surrender it's like i it's funny because i thought that i like nailed surrender you know we did ayahuasca what like over a year ago for the first time anyway and I thought after that I was like I know surrender (laughs) and I was like yeah I had like a new experience of surrender I guess but 
I really didn't. And I've kind of reached a place in my life now where it's like, it's a continual process of doing it more and more and more and more and more. Like, I don't know, Do you, maybe you become a master at it when you die. That's like the ultimate surrender, ultimately, I think. There is no real, like, you never fully get to the top. And I think there's something that's really powerful in admitting that. Like, yeah, it's going to be like a little bit like Bernie for your ego, but there's something really powerful in, in admitting like, I'm never going to know it all. And I'm never going to be like a master of surrender. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, we've got to have a little bit of drama. We've got to have a little bit of spice. We have to have something to like, fuck some shit up so we can come in and grow a little bit further you know it's like the same thing with the subconscious mind we're not going to get to the bottom of that well it is what it is ever that's why it's like people will get like kind of upset when you know they'll do a cleanse like this and things will start coming up and they'll be like I thought I dealt with this like I did all this work around it and it's like yeah you did but now you're seeing how deep it really goes like they all go very deep and it's like you can you can kind of keep going and going and going with pretty much everything, especially when they're really deep rooted and especially when they're kind of societal as well. So it's it can like people are like, oh, waiting almost to like when they're healed to do stuff, you know, and it's like, nah. It's a continual journey that never ends as long as you're on planet Earth. And there's going to be periods where it's going to be like way more intense, like it has been for us over the last couple of months. And then there's going to be periods where you're not really that focused on it, but you're still in the flow. It's like everything ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. Everything's a plant medicine ceremony at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love that. Love that. It really is. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to add at this point? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot of ground today. I think it's probably time for me to go and get my fruit salad. Yeah, me (laughs) too, I think. With you on that one. Okay. So if you want to come join High Voltage, there's still time. Come and join Loz and I. It's going to be a good time. I mean, I talk about the shadows, but you can't do shadow work unless you've got a little bit of humility a little bit of humor and pleasure and play like it just they are that's where the alchemy lies so it sounds like it's heavy but it's not it's going to be a really good time and it's going to make you feel so powerful and so whole Mm -hmm. and every from everything from there changes everything nothing stays exciting So come, yeah, message me if you're interested in that. Otherwise, have a beautiful day.